I'll start with a question. Um, do you think that opposites attract? Let's say we can uh, put your hands up. I guess you can put your virtual hand up also if you think opposites attract. You know, you've, you all heard the expression before, haven't you? Opposites attract. Do you agree with that? Do you think it's true? Depends what kind of a person you are. So it's quite a well-known expression, right? Everyone's, everyone's heard it before. Um, so I think, people, I think people generally say that it's true, that opposites do attract. Um, so I, think, I happen to think that on one level it's true, but on another level it's not. So imagine that you have a, uh, an antique wooden dining room table. Beautiful, beautiful old wood. And it happened to be that this was your, this was your great-grandparents' table. And so you really feel deeply connected to this table. Like, really means a lot to you. Every, every Arab Shabbos, you polish the table, and you, th and you think about how you remember how it was, how it was in your, your grandparents' house. And you know, you really, you really, really love this table. So, can you say that you have a uh, relationship with this table? Can you say that you're, 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 cl you're close to this table? You know? So, I don't know. I mean, you could maybe, you love the table, but the, I don't know if you could say that you have a relationship with the table. Now, let's say you have a plant. This really, really nice plant that you've got. You've had it for a couple of years. It's in a pot, and you really put a lot of effort into making sure that you water the plant, and you make sure that it gets the right amount of sunlight, and you know you give it you give it uh, occasional little uh, little plant food you stick in there, okay? And and so you really love your plant. So can you say that you have a relationship with the plant? Now, probably you can have more relationship with the plant than you can than you can have with the dining room table, because a plant is at least alive, right? A plant at least alive, and as you as you take care of the plant, you can see it, it responds. You know, if, if, you, if you give it the right amount of light and the right amount of water, you see that it flourishes. If you forget to water it for a week or two, you start, it starts to wilt and turn brown. So, you know, there's, it's, there's, already, there's already more similarity between you and the plant than there is between you and the table. Okay? So now what about a dog? Let's say you have a dog and, you know, you really love your dog. Can you say that you have a relationship with the dog? So, I think you probably could. I mean, people really, really love their dogs. And a cat, probably not. But dogs, <laughs> a, do a dog, you can say that you have a relationship with. You know, the dog, when you come home, <laughs> when, you, when, when you come home, the dog comes running and jumps on you, unlike the cat that ignores you, right? The cat that comes, comes running and, and jumps on you and licks you and is happy to see you. And, you know, you throw the stick and the dog fetches it and brings it back to you. And, and you know, a, do a dog already has a, a certain degree of intelligence. A dog has personality. A dog, you know, so, so you know, you have much, there's much more that you have in, in, in similar, you know, that in, in common with a dog 
than with a plant, and certainly much more than with a table. Now, despite what many dog lovers say, is that what about a person? <laughs> okay. Now, a person, um, you should be able to have more of a relationship with the person than with the dog. Because a person already um, has the, I mean, much higher level of, of intelligence. A person, well, some of them. And a, and a, person, can, uh, a person can communicate, you know, you can, you can communicate emotions, ideas, concepts. You can connect with another person on a completely different level than you can with a dog. So you see, you see that as you sort of move up the hierarchy here, is that from a, from a table to a plant to a dog to a person, is that you, you actually are more similar. Okay? As it's, the more similar you are, the more you're able to connect. And even, even amongst people, even amongst people, is that you know, if, you, if you say, someone comes, you know, says opposites attract. So, you know, so you imagine you say to the person, you know what? You know, you say to this guy, you know, you're, you're so kind, you're so intelligent, you're so sensitive. I've got the perfect girl for you. She's cruel, she's stupid, you know, she's, she's perfect because, you know, opposites attract. So when it comes to the essential, um, the, the essential nature of something, so I think it's actually the similarities which are the basis for connection, okay? And that you find that in general is that people who are more intelligent will be, will be attracted to and connect to people who are also intelligent. And people who are kind and sensitive will be more likely to be able to, assuming, assuming they're healthy and not attracted to people who are destructive, destructive for them, okay, will be attracted to other people who are more you know, sensitive and more kind. Um, and the, there is a certain element where... Um, I'm, this is sort of my, this is not a Torah thing, this is sort of my, me from having thought about it. You can call them maybe secondary, secondary traits, okay? Maybe more secondary traits where um, you do find that couples are opposite. But that's not essential to who they are. So, so meaning you'll find very, it's very common to find that in, in, a, in a couple that one of them is very, very organized and very on time and, you know, and can balance the checkbook. And the, and the other one is like, you know, their shirt's untucked and they're always late and they're, you know, so, or you'll find that one's an introvert and one is an extrovert. Okay, so you do, you do find that there are, certain, there are certain ways in which they are opposite from each other. But in terms of fundamentally, at their essence, is you'll find that there's actually tr tremendous similarity. And when you talk about being close to another person, you know, so unlike when, you, when you're talking about two physical objects, when you talk about they're close to each other, so that means that they're physically near each other. But when you're talking about being, I'm really close with this person, we're so close, so it obviously doesn't mean that you're standing near each other. Is that closeness to another human being doesn't mean physical proximity. A person could be on the other side of the world. You could have a best friend who emigrated, you know, 20 years ago, but you, you know, you speak to them once in a while, not even all the time, but certain relationships you just can click right back into and, and you connect. And it's, the similarities really are the, are the, the basis for the relationship. So just in case you think you've, you've come on to the wrong shear, okay, this is not a, this is not a relationship, uh, this is not a relationship shear. Um, so why am I telling you all of this? So for a very simple reason. Um, what is the point of life? What are we doing here? Why are we in the world? So we know, I mean, as, as uh, it says very clearly and explicitly, the Ramchal says in Derech Hashem, 
Um, he says that the whole reason why God created human beings is because he wanted to give. He wanted, he created, he created humanity, he created the universe to be the stage for humanity, human beings to be, and human beings he created only because he wanted to give to them. Right? He's so so he, we're here because God wants to give to us. So what does God want to give to us? He wants, God being God wants to give us the best possible thing he can give. It's the most, the most incredible, the most amazing, the most the thing which never ends. It's the best thing you can possibly experience. He wants to give. What does he want to give? He wants to give connection. He wants to give connection to him. Okay, so he created the world to give us a connection to him. Now, in, in order to, this is, this is a very, very brief, right, very, very brief overview, but to fully experience that connection um, and not have, not, not experience as it being something which is embarrassing because it was given to us as tzedakah, is that he created the world in such a way that we have to earn it. It has to be chosen. So we understand the Torah tells us that life is an opportunity to build a connection with God, to develop a relationship with the infinite source of existence. Okay, that's what we're here for. We're here to develop a relationship with the infinite source of existence. We're here to connect to God. Now, how do you connect to God? What is the way that we connect to God? So the way that we connect to God is by being similar to God. Because if you want to be close, if you want to have a relationship, the more similar two things are, the more similar two people are, the more they can connect, the more they can relate to one another. So in order for us to connect to God, to relate to God, to have a relationship with God, is we have to be similar to God. So if you um, look at the 613 mitzvahs, one of them is the mitzvah of halachta bedrachav, which is you must walk in God's ways. Okay, we have a mitzvah in the Torah to walk in God's ways. What does it mean to walk in God's ways? What are His ways? How do you walk in them? So in the Gemara, the sages tell us that we have to look at how God conducts Himself, so to speak. How does God behave? How does God treat us? How does God treat humanity? So the Gemara says, just like God is merciful, is that the mitzvah of walking in God's ways means you look at the fact, you see that God is merciful. That is one of the ways that He conducts Himself. So just like God is merciful, we also must learn to be merciful. We see that God is giving. And just like God is giving, we must train ourselves and we must learn and we must grow to become more and more giving. God is slow to anger. He's patient. He gives us so much time to get our acts together. He doesn't get angry so quickly. So, so too we have to make sure that we are patient, is that we don't get angry so quickly. So the mitzvah of halachzer bedrachov is the mitzvah of making ourselves similar to God. Meaning that God, what is, ultimately God is perfect. God is perfect. He's, he, is, he's, lacks, he, he lacks nothing. He's absolute perfection. So the mitzvah of halachta bedrachov, the mitzvah of walking in God's ways, emulate God, is be like God, means be perfect. So to the extent that we can be perfect, we're obligated to be perfect. We're obligated to, just like God is perfect, is we have to work on perfecting ourselves. And when you are, the more perfect you become, the more refined, the more developed, the more similar to God you are. And the more similar to God you are, 
the closer you are. Right? So, the, the, so the, the, there's 613 mitzvahs in the Torah. Um, this happens to be one which is, which is very, very fundamental. Okay? Very, very fundamental. So if we understand that life is an opportunity, and that opportunity requires that I have to transform myself through my own efforts into a person who's connected to God. That's what I'm here for. That is the opportunity of life. And so the mitzvah of walking in his ways is telling us that we have a obligation, we have a mitzvah to be engaged in a process of character refinement, of personal development that ultimately will result in us becoming perfected ourselves to the extent that we can. Can't, no one can be God except God. We can't be absolute perfection. But to the extent that we can take what we, who we are and perfect that and refine it, so to that extent is what we, is we will have, have achieved closeness to God. Now the um, personal growth is a subject which generates a lot of interest today. If you, I can remember walking into uh, exclusive books once, and they have uh, a, a section in, in the in the bookstore there, which interestingly, it's it's. I remember, I think it said it said like personal growth slash self help slash new age spirituality, which is an interesting combination. I don't think that they necessarily all those things are the, are, are the same thing, but anyway, they have they have a section, and it's quite a large section. Okay, very very large section. There's a lot. So there's a lot of interest. In those things, personal growth, self-help, new age spirituality, okay, those sorts of things. In uh, so interesting statistics, in 2016, which is I guess maybe the last year, or at least the statistics I saw, is that the the in the United States the self-improvement market, okay, self-improvement um, audio um, audio recordings, books, courses. You know, all, all, different, all the different ways uh, that uh, people access self-improvement material, it generated um, $9.9 billion. Okay, $9.9 billion. And they, they project, oh, this, is, this was pre-corona, I don't know, but they project that by the year 2022, it'll be a, thir- it'll be a $13 billion industry. And interestingly also, that you, I don't know if, you, if, you, if I asked you that, what is the second fastest growing industry worldwide? Okay? If you think about what's going on, you think about IT, and you think about artificial intelligence, you think about all that. What's the second fastest industry growing around the world? Life coaching. Okay? Life coaching is, this, is the job which is the second, is, is, is exploding all over the world. And life coaching alone generates over $1 billion per year. Okay? So there's obviously a tremendous interest out there. There's a thirst for personal growth and for, you know, for, for, for self-development and self-actualization. But the question is why? What is it that drives people? What is it that attracts people to personal growth? So I thought that was a good question. So like any good question, I, how do you get the answer? You Google it. So I Googled it. Find out why is it? What is it that people want when they're, when they're getting into self-growth, personal growth. So here's a list. Healthier relationships, uh, improved physical health and emotional health, enhanced self-control, improved peace of mind, 
greater resilience, decreases stress, increases productivity, greater success in life, become better parents, greater levels of happiness. Okay, those, those, are, those are some of the popular reasons given for why um, it's a good idea to get involved in personal growth. Now, what we're going to do um, is over the next, I think, seven or eight weeks um, in, our, in our course here, is we're going to identify the Torah, princi Torah principles of personal growth. Okay, we're going to think principles that come from the Torah um, that we must understand in order to successfully be engaged in a process of growth. And, uh, and we're going to structure it that, I'm not saying we're going to hit every principle, but we're going to structure it that we'll try and cover one principle a week. Okay, one principle of personal growth every week. Happens to be a great time of year to be working on it, because it's leading us right up until into Elul and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so um, we'll connect it to that, hopefully. Um, but we'll do a principle a week. So this is week one. And so this is the first principle. And this principle is the starting point for any discussion in the, in the, in the, in the con in a Jewish context for personal growth. There is a, one of my favorite quotes is from the Vilna Gon in a sefer that he wrote. He wrote a book called Evan Shalema. And this, you may have actually heard me say it before, but this is at the very, very beginning. This is like, this is the first chapter, um, the first and second, the first two, the first two sentences of the first chapter of the Vilna Gon's um, book. So he says as follows. He says, Call avoidus Hashem. All of the service of God. And what, do you mean, what, you, what it means, whenever you say uh, the service of God, it means a person's living their life in a way to try and build the relationship with God, like we, we talked about, which we're here for. Okay, so all of a person's ability to, to create and build a relationship with the infinite source of existence, Tolui, it depends on, he says, one thing. He says it depends on one thing. What is our ability to connect to God depend upon? Tikkun Hamidois, fixing your character traits. It's quite a, quite a radical thing. I don't know if you would expect him to say that, right? It depends on you. Maybe it depends on how much Torah you learn. Maybe it depends. He says it depends on Tikkun Hamidos, fixing your character traits. And he says, Any sin that a person does, any time a person makes a mistake, any time a person breaks the Torah, he goes against what God wants. He says, why? Why is that? Where does that come from? He says, Mushroshim bemidois. That is rooted in a person's negative character traits. It is only the person's negative character traits which cause them to sin. Ikar chiyus ha'odom. He says, the main reason, the main reason for the life, right? The, 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 the existence of a human being it is for to constantly be strengthening yourself in working on your character and developing yourself and refining yourself. This is the whole, the Iker is the main reason that a person that is here is to be constantly strengthening themselves and developing their character. Ve'im love. And he says, and if a person is not doing this, if you're not doing this, Lama loy chayim. Then what in the world is he doing alive? Lama loy chayim. What does he need life for? What for? To have chicken? 
What? To watch Netflix? What's he doing? Right? What's she doing? What are you doing in the world? The main reason you're in the world and everything, everything, avoidance Hashem depends on tikkun, tikkun hamidas, the ability to fix, refine, and develop your character. Now, it is undoubtedly true, I have no doubt whatsoever, that if a person is really and sincerely and truly working on themselves, is really making an effort to grow, is that there is no doubt that they will have healthier relationships, is that it will positively impact their physical health. They will have enhanced self-control. They will have improved peace of mind. They will have greater resilience. They will decrease stress levels. They will have increased productivity, greater success. They'll be better parents. They'll be happier. There is no doubt about any of those things that it is true. Okay? But that is not the reason why we put an effort to grow. And if a person is looking for the Jewish version of Deepak Chopra, then they're making a very big mistake. Because the Torah is not another book on the shelf, an exclusive books in the personal growth section about you know, how, to, how to grow so that you get greater levels of happiness in life. You know, when, when, a, when a child is born and a child grows and a child develops, you know, every milestone is a tremendous simcha. You know, when a child takes their first step and they're like, you know, they're wobbly step, they're sort of, you know, walking, wobbling, is that there, there are the parents going, yay, and they're videoing and sending the videos off to the grandparents and, you know, and, and smiling and everyone's so happy, you know. Now, but what happens if, you know, that, so that's great when the child's, you know, when the child's uh, 16 months. If, if the child's three years old and still walking like that, you take them to a specialist, Okay? It's very, very cute when a five-year-old speaks with a lisp. You know, it's very, very cute. You know, so, but if they're 12 and they still speak like that, then you take them to a speech therapist. Right? So we understand that you know, our bodies mature and grow, and there are certain milestones that, we, that we're supposed to hit along the way. And, um, and, we, and everyone understands that if a child stops growing... Imagine a child stops is that they is that their development they can't they, they, they can they only learn to speak, you know, and like a two-year-old, and then it stops and it never gets better than that. That's a tragedy. If a child only only can walk like if the child's 18 and can walk like a two-year-old, it's a tragedy. So we understand that in the physical realm, that as our bodies mature and grow, that's essential. Okay? And if and if they stop growing, it's a, it's a tragedy. But somehow, when it comes to our emotional and our spiritual development, is that most people stop. And most people are not, are, are not more in control of themselves and not more developed as human beings now when they're in their 30s and 40s and 50s than when they were 12 years old. And that's equally a tragedy. And the Maharal says that life is about developing the ability to stand on our own. It's about growing up. It's about becoming an adult. And so therefore, principle, the first principle we have to understand when it comes to understanding and, 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 and person, committing to personal growth is that for the Jew, is that personal growth is not a nice thing to do. It is not a, a way to have better health and improve peace of mind. Is that, is that personal growth, it is a mitzvah in the Torah. It is a religious obligation. It is the essence of a relationship with the Creator. Because only a refined, developed, elevated human being, only someone who is perfected, only someone who is similar to God, 
can connect to God. And that is what we're doing in the world. So the first principle of personal growth is understand, is that this is what we're here for. If we are not growing, if a person is not working on themselves, then lama loy chayim, then what is his life for? Like, what's the purpose of his life? What, is, what are we doing here? Okay? Life is a process of avoidus hamidos. It is about growth and movement towards perfection. This is how we achieve greatness. This is how we fulfill our purpose in the world. And this is how we connect to God. So principle number one for week number one is understanding is that personal growth is not a nice thing. Personal growth is the essence of what we're doing in the world. It is what we're here for and is how we connect to God.